0: Good evening, my dear friends, fans, uh, colleagues. No matter where you are and when you're listening, I welcome you back to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. And if for some reason you don't actually have a clock or a calendar, <laughs> uh, if you are listening live, then uh, you can count on it being 11 a.m. Pacific on a Wednesday uh, because that's uh, that's when the show airs live. But you can always catch... Uh, the interviews later from the archives. In fact, um, there are 13 years of incredible archives from so many foremothers and way showers, women and men, Uh, and so many of those uh, interviews are just as relevant today uh, as uh, the day we uh, talked about them for the first time on the air. And, you know, we are on Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, Apple, uh, all the usual places you uh, catch Uh, these podcasts so you can find us uh, almost anywhere uh, including uh, going to my website KarenTate.net and um, click on the podcast button and uh, that will uh, take you to some of the more recent uh, podcasts uh, as well as some of the uh, ones that we've highlighted because they are from um, you know some of our our way showers and uh, uh, wise ones that have passed on. Uh, I like to highlight uh, those shows. Uh, anyway, uh, I wanted to say if um, that music that started the the show this morning that is one of my favorites. Uh, that is by Zingaya. That is a uh, artist out of um, um, Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, to be specific. And um, that cut is called Nomads. Land. And, you know, whenever I hear it, it makes me think of sitting on the back of a camel, you know, with that loping across the desert. Um, I don't know why. I just, I don't know if it's a past life thing, um, but it, that just, you know, enters my mind's eye whenever I hear that music. Uh, and I did actually uh, have occasion to ride on the back of a camel once uh, when my husband and I were in Petra. Uh, on a Middle Eastern uh, trip visiting sacred sites. Um, It's quite an experience to ride on the back of a camel. Anyway, I digress. Um, I did want to say, uh, if you missed last week's show, uh, I apologize uh, for the show actually not airing, and it will air uh, later on in the fall. Uh, My husband and I were actually in the emergency room uh, all that night and uh, into the following morning, and um, from a cat bite. Uh, so I have to tell you, be warned uh, about cat bites. I've had cats all my life. I've been bitten by cats, uh, scratched by cats, and didn't think much about it. Uh, but. Um, You know, we had an unfortunate incident with one of our babies, and my husband got bit, and his hand started to swell up, and it got pretty dicey there. I mean, they were talking surgery, hospitalization, um, you know, warning us that if we didn't pay attention, he could lose his hand. So anyway, um, they they told me, and I'm just passing along to you because I wouldn't want you to go through what we went through last week. Um, If you get bitten by a cat, you should go to an urgent care and have them prescribe uh, antibiotics and get a tetanus shot as a preventative so the infection doesn't start because they say, especially a bite on the hands, uh, the hands are very susceptible and hard to cure. So anyway, just passing that along. Um, So long story short, um, I was uh, just wasted after being in the uh, hospital. Uh, all that night and into the next day and so we had to reschedule the show Uh, But we will, so if uh, you were looking forward to that show and were disappointed, I really do apologize, but it was uh, something that could not be avoided. Uh, I was just not coherent after all of that. Uh, So the show will happen in the fall. I think we've rescheduled it for November, which was my next available opening, uh, because this weekly show does book up very quickly. So anyway... um, I just wanted to say, if you're new to the show, uh, I'm Karen Tate, and uh, my guests and I discuss sex, power, gender, religion, politics, magic, uh, with a broad spectrum of visionaries, uh, forward thinkers, women and men. And uh, I think often it's from a right brain point of view, a divine feminine point of view. Uh, Some might not even realize that their ideas and values fit uh, comfortably under the goddess umbrella. Uh, But they do, and uh, some call these ideas and values the feminine consciousness or a shift away from uh, mainstream thinking, traditional thinking, patriarchal domination, because you know what, Uh, we can't keep doing the same things and expect anything different, Uh, and we do have to manifest a much-needed normal. And uh, today, I am so happy to, um, you know, have a very interesting topic for you. It's uh, called power energy and you and my guest is janice bloom Uh, she is an author student of spiritual well-being and advocate for positive social change Uh, janice has spent her adult life as a seeker uh, and i love that you know because these people out there who think they know everything they they make me nervous i think it's a lot smarter to realize we don't know anything much uh, and there's so much more to know. Uh, anyway, Janice, um, you know, her journey has led her through many areas of inquiry, including the human potential movement, uh, mythological studies, um, ancient ancient sacred ways. Um, and, she, you know, she's come to believe quite a lot about power and energy, uh, which is uh, important for us to know. We don't learn that, I don't think, most of us anyway, uh, coming up. You know when we're younger Uh, and she's going to share important information with us today and uh, we'll talk about the magical things she's witnessed and how this all fits into her spiritual belief system so Janice Bloom welcome 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 to Voices of the Sacred Feminine
1: thank you so much Karen and thank you for inviting me to talk with you today it's such an honor to speak with you
0: Oh, you know what? Um it it's my pleasure to have you um and uh I learn so much from people like you every week and uh the show has been my guilty pleasure. And you know what I didn't uh mention um and you'll have to bring me up to date. Uh don't you have a book that has just published or about
1: to be published? Well, I have a book. It's actually been on the market for a while. I guess it's kind of a sleeper, but um, I wrote a book about witchcraft. Uh, I started out to write a book about spirituality. I thought I could, um, I thought I could write uh, the message that's in the power of now, but make it simpler to understand. But I found out that I couldn't. Uh, I worked with a writers group on that for a few years, and then um, it kind of evolved into well, I'll write the spiritual path that I know the best, and I taught. Uh, witchcraft alive in a, a we called it a witch's cottage uh, in the woods and it was as we also called it a witch's college so we had uh, our, I had I was part of a coven in Santa Cruz called Greenheart Grove and we we studied the old ways we studied the goddess ways together and our um, relationship with the goddess evolved together over time it was really a beautiful experience so I thought well I'm struggling with this. I'll write about that. And I thought I'll write a sim- simple Wicca 101. And if that makes you giggle, it should because it was uh, that phrase was made up as a joke. And if you go to a lot of covens now, you'll and want to study. You'll start with what they call with the 101, and people don't tend to laugh about it, but they can because it was invented as a as you know kind of a little inside joke, and um, I taught for years and years and years. But I found I, I'm was incapable of writing a simple book, so it's quite convenient. It's the book I would have wanted when I started with a lot of appendices and and so forth. So um, that's my spiritual background, and I have moved on from there, but no matter where else I go, I will always, at my heart and at my core, be a witch in service to the goddess uh, in her many guises, including our planet, our home, Our Mother Earth. Absolutely. So that's my and book. It's I know Witchcraft, Power and Transformation. And I imagine you <laughs> can uh
0: find it on Amazon or uh order oh, it in Amazon, all the usual yeah. places. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not well all and the I know you you
1: but it's on Amazon
0: Okay. All right. And, um, I know you're on a quest to liberate humanity from toxic guilt, shame, and blame. Uh, that's something we yes. definitely, uh, share in common, uh, because I think that's like a plague on the planet. And, uh, and you've, Same you've so sort indeed. of married your alternative spirituality with, a just a sort of a normal mainstream life, uh, you worked for Cabrillo College uh, in mm-hmm. counseling for a long time as well so um, yeah uh, you know so you, you know you had a kind of a, a real well rounded um, experience out there in the world dealing with people
1: yes that's that's very important to me because. Um, I mean anyone can be spiritual if you go to a monastery or an ashram and and that's what some people need to do on their journey. It's time for that. But for me, for this lifetime, I felt like I really wanna I really wanna be involved in the world in life with real people because we're all on this journey together and um, it feels like the change that humanity is going through together, it feels like we're breaking down the walls between us. We're all just, a phrase comes to me from the Firesign theater, I'm from, from that generation, you know, from the original hippie generation, although that's a long story, I wasn't a hippie back then, but I am now. <laughs> but um, they had an album called We're All Bozos on This Bus. And uh, that's what I feel like. We're all just bozos on this bus. Like there was a pop song of lyrics like that in it too. What if God's just one of us, somebody on a bus trying to make his way home? You know, that's how I feel about life. It's just we're here, it's such a mystery, and we're struggling to do the best we can. So I just want to know, I want to get my hands on all the tools for doing the best I can with real life, like everybody else, and I want to share about that. Well, and Janice, you know I
0: have a you know since i uh came off a hiatus and i 've been back um I feel like there's probably a lot of new listeners out there, and you know I think which the w word can be so loaded uh and it comes with so much negative baggage you know uh patriarchy has made uh people mm-hmm. so afraid of so many things um how you know for someone who maybe has only heard the patriarchal you know uh, demonization um, how would you define uh, you know being a witch and working in a coven
1: sure this is, seems to be a linguistic thing that we have to to deal with every generation and um, people have really worked hard to reclaim the word witch uh, and yeah, it seems like every time we do it that the other side keeps building up and i think that's probably because it's um it's definitely part of the ethos of witchcraft is that we accept the light and the dark. So the first definition I learned of the word well, first of all, I use the word witch in the neo-pagan context, which remain, means referring back to the old ways of doing things when before Europe and particularly um, the British Isles. But a lot of my tradition comes from Southern Europe, from Italy too. Before Europe became Christian the way people did things the whole um, the druidic thing in the British Isles the um, Strega of energy in Italy the it was a nature-based spiritual practice very akin to shamanism kind of uh, I see it as a layer kind of between shamanism and you know like the more um, the more temple religions that grew up later. It's like a a village kind of spirituality and medicine and just um, emotional and spiritual support for the people is how I see the old witches. But we yeah. accept the dark and the light, and there's no question that there may have been, as there are today, people who misuse those powers. So... Yeah. Uh, Part of the ethos of neo-paganism is personal spiritual sovereignty and non-judgment. And if that's where somebody is on their path and that's what they choose to do, then you know that that's their choice and they take the blowback for it. So uh, yeah, and, it is.
0: A well, and there's a lot existence. of people who who do bad things from the pulpit too. So uh, yeah, you know, so it's yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and, and, you know, so uh, for somebody, and it's, um, you know, was based on the agricultural cycle, too. It was very much was about uh-huh. being close to the land, animal husbandry, and right. farming, and herbalism, and stuff like that as well.
1: Herbalism, the use of stones and plants, and the um, the... Aristotelian elements of earth, air, fire, water, and spirit, and all of that. And the system still works today if you tune into it and use it and know what it does and work with it appropriately. And, um, you know, of course, there's television magic, there's movie magic, and that's real magic is nothing like that. It can be very, very subtle. And then sometimes it can manifest in just astounding ways. But it's definitely a real force that I work with every day of my life. Um, my worldview has definitely shifted from one of material uh, worldview like when I look around me I don't see static things I see the result of atoms and molecules in motion forming in this way at this time right now and it's all changing and it's all moving all the time
0: Okay, and um, so i uh, I suspect that our topic today, uh, power, energy and you, um, you know, uh, that sort of runs parallel to this you know what you've been describing.
1: Absolutely, because that's what there is to tap into. If we think about you know what scientists are telling us now today about what's happening on a, a subatomic level. Uh, what I just said about everything being in motion all the time is scientifically accurate. And looking at the world that way as energy, not as stuff, then you are part of it. Your energy is part of all the energy that's flowing through. It's constantly, <laughs> it's like being in a stream or, you know, being in a creek where the water is always flowing by and you're maybe walking downstream with it. That's what life is like for me. And I, my, consciousness is focused on tuning into harmonizing with that and when I feel disharmony in me then what there is for me to do is to look look and see where that comes from and accept how I'm feeling what's happening with me what's flowing through me at the moment at the same time keeping my attention on where I'm going and it makes it makes life a whole different game
0: yeah yeah well you know um you're reminding me uh and this may be a little different but i can't help it that this comes to mind and i wonder if you've ever heard this uh you know me being associated with isis and you know having worked with her for so long uh, her bast Mm -hmm. and hathor the those three egyptian uh, goddesses worked Mm -hmm. with the sistrum and um, Herodotus said when Isis shook the sistrum, she kept the energies of the universe flowing. And I look at that Ooh. on so many layers. You know, I look at mm-hmm. it as okay. Well, she was a, you know, one. Of, you know, we think of her goddess as the creatrix of the world. So of course,
2: mm-hmm. you know, she
0: would be responsible for the energies of the universe. But also, this idea that the energies have to be flowing so that life doesn't become stagnant. You know, on so many different right. levels and i feel like you're you know you're you're sort of talking about that because you know when we stop growing stop seeking stop learning i think our life becomes stagnant and we get stuck in these little boxes of maybe hate yes. and um you know misinformation and fear Um, You know, rather than, I don't know, um, uh, going out into life as if it's an an adventure rather than something to, um, you know, to to be afraid of every day.
1: Yes. Well, what you're describing um, about, like, being boxed in and so forth is pretty much our default setting, like, how our parents thought and acted and behaved and, uh, like, the generational inheritance that that we have in terms of, you know, human behavior. And uh, I find for me it takes discipline to retrain my mind, to use my mind in a different way and to not get stuck and to constantly keep myself flexible. And um, what that has to do with is like when my stories come up, it starts with self-judgment. Anytime I notice something going through my head that's a self-judgment, I cancel it out. I either think cancel, cancel, which is a word that some people have a negative relationship with now, but I'm reclaiming it because it's a very powerful practice. It's one of the things that really started turning my life around was was to every time I have a negative thought about myself to say, you know, no brain, we don't do that anymore. And it starts there and then just constantly yourself into consciousness of the present moment as much as you possibly can you know when you find yourself labeling something or get, yeah yeah I've been there done that feeling to you have the mental discipline to get beyond that and to be in the present in the moment right now as it's unfolding and it uh, it makes like a whole uh, an experience of satisfaction of uh, clarity, of accomplishment. Uh, well, and,
0: well, well, and I'm wondering
2: too. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering too, Janice.
0: You know, you're you're talking about the, you know, energy, and uh, and it's all around us, and it's everything. Uh, Do you you also have a sense of when we become tuned into that, we have a better understanding of how we're all connected and we're really not separate?
1: Oh, no question. No question at all, Karen. That is so true for me. Uh, And that's one of the things that's, that's important is because we're taught to think of ourselves as individual and to take care of ourselves, but not in a not taking care of ourselves like in a win-win situation, like we have a world where you take exquisite care of yourself and everybody else takes exquisite care of themselves and then we all pitch in and do our best to support each other. Uh, We're taught to think of ourselves as separate, individual and take care of number one first and there's a truth to that. You know, what I find interesting is that so much, we're like, is this true or is it not true? We have such a dualistic worldview. There's so much that's like, well, it's got this good part, and then it's got this sharp backside. And um, that's one of the most important things that I learned is that you can't, like, I want this in my life, but I don't want that, because there's there's a, a good side and an unhappy side to just about everything, and which sides those are depend on the individual, and we can't, like, put everything in a category of, I want this in my life, and I don't want that in my life, because... There's just too much good and too much bad and so many different things and even things that are opposed to each other. But some of my choices in life, I can't justify logically. I just know they work for me.
0: Right. Well, and speaking of that, I mean, obviously from everything you've said, um, you know, you believe magic is a real force that people can use. Can you describe some magical things that you've witnessed
1: I certainly can't. There's one thing I'd like to address, in you're speaking, is, and this is not a criticism at all, because I'm, I'm unusual in my use of language, and that's part of, uh, that's part of the craft, is that um, words are power. Words are part of the energy, too. Our words and our thoughts are just as much of a part of our reality as any material object. And, in fact, in our personal reality, our words and our thoughts are much more important than the material objects around us. So um, what I want to say, and it goes back to this not getting um, stuck in your mind thing, is that I I don't believe in believing, is a way to say it, is that I resist belief systems. I'm more interested in being in the moment, in the present, as how it is and um it may or may not fit with my belief systems you know what i'm saying and i have them every human being does that's the way our our brains are designed and magic is very real for me but i don't believe in magic i don't believe in god i don't believe in goddess but i have real experiences of all of those things so now would you like to hear the story of the most astounding magical experience i ever had
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then maybe uh, w- will it sort of inform what you just said too? Because what you just said is really interesting as well.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to to go back over that and talk about any part of it you want. Um, then, sure. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I'm go ahead. Tell you the story. So uh, my son, who is now 33, was about oh, two and a half or three years old. We lived in uh, Malibu Lake, which is a part of Southern California. It has a little man-made lake and a um, pretty area to walk in. And I had a jogging stroller because it's kind of hilly and there are no sidewalks or anything out there. And so, you know, to enable able to take walks with my kids. So we went down to Malibu Lake and parked the stroller. There's a little box there and a lot of ducks. And so we took bread and we were feeding the ducks. And, um, oh, I'm sorry, my... Can you hear my phone ringing on your podcast? No, no, I don't.
0: My apology. No, I don't. I don't hear it. I'm
1: glad you didn't hear it. So anyway, okay, so we're there. We're feeding the ducks. There's a swing set there. So we left the stroller on the dock, and we went over to play on the swings. And I'm pushing Robin on the swings, and I look up, and I notice that the stroller is rolling. It's one of those expensive, like they were $250 back in the day, you know, those jogging strollers when they first came out. And it's rolling toward the water. And I'm like, I'm like 20 feet away from it or more or 100 feet maybe. And I look at it and it's like this expensive stroller is about to go in the lake and there's nothing I can do. So I point my finger and I yell, stop. And it did. <laughs> at that moment. I have one witness, but I have no means of contacting her. There was another mother there playing with her kid. She looked at me and she goes, how did you do that? And I said, I wish I knew. And this was before I studied (laughs) any witchcraft, but it was when I had first begun to investigate the goddess and begin to look for any neo-pagans I could find and connect with that whole thing that was happening. And um, so that was was like a a signal get my to get my attention or something. But I yelled stop, yeah. and the scroller stopped.
0: Well, I think you said something in the beginning that's really important. And, um, you know, I wish someone had said it to me, uh, you know, 35 years ago when I first began to learn about all of this, is, uh, is magic is subtle. You know, it's very subtle, yeah. and it takes forms that... Um, um, you know, we, we we often just miss altogether because we're yes. used to seeing how Hollywood um, portrays magic uh, to keep us interested mm-hmm. in the TV shows or the movies, you know. And mm-hmm. um, and I think that's really important to know that sometimes these things are, are very subtle. You know, sometimes it can be serendipity. Yes. Sometimes, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I had a woman tell me that um, she was driving down the highway and uh, she, her engine light was on and she knew she was mm-hmm. losing oil and her engine could have frozen up and she just kept doing these mantras you know um to Isis mm-hmm. uh to, just to kind of keep it going till she could get home and uh, and she yeah. made it, and um, and and it really, you know, the, the, her mechanic said, you know, she just sort of defied expectation, you know, and I, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm telling the story right, but the point is, um, I think yeah. a key, and and you can tell me if I'm, you know, you have another theory, but I think these things work when we we have a lot of emotion invested in it. I don't think we can yes. do magic. So successfully and have something happen, if we just kind of, oh, well, you know, it's when yeah. we really need or want something, it's got to be a high emotion kind of uh, of a thing, I think, uh, for the magic to kick in. Do you agree?
1: Absolutely. And here's the tricky part of that, is that our minds are often at war within ourselves I, I had a spiritual teacher once who was giving a class on manifestation and um, he used this example he described a cartoon where two guys are trying to move a piano and it's like three frames of guys like sweating and straining to push the piano through this door and on the last frame one of the guys says man we're never going to get this piano out of here and the other guy goes out I thought we were trying to get it in so, <laughs> so this is what happens sometimes We have to raise our emotions about what we want in order to manifest what we want. But a lot of times when we do that, we raise the opposition, uh, unconscious opposition that we don't know about. So the work of that magic is sometimes to reveal that opposition. So if we're at war with ourselves, then we can't open ourselves to what's actually going to happen that's for our best interest. So we interpret and, it as not for our best interest, so it feeds the side of us that keeps things from manifesting. One way to yeah, work and, around that is with sigil magic. Do you use sigils, Karen? Um,
0: I don't do sigils, but I have a friend who does and has had uh, uh-huh. really good, um, you know, good, good, good uh, results from it.
1: Yeah, a lot of times what you can do is just put all that emotion in the sigil. And then I have one of my magical teachers that once you've done a spell, you you do your work and then you forget about it and just let let it go. It's like planting a seed. You don't dig it up. You let it do what it's going to do. And so at, at any moment being in acceptance and at peace with the way things are, even if you don't like them, even if you don't like the circumstances, to be at peace with the circumstances and not get into a silent conversation in your head about how horrible life is and how you're always mistreated, that's the mental discipline involved in creating a magical life that's satisfying and fulfilling. And stuff can happen that you don't like. That's the human journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And, um, you know, when I've come to think that um, we humans, it would be wonderful if we learned and evolved and grew through happy, joyful things, I don't think we do quite as readily as from, say, pain or loss or grief. Um, I think it's the hard stuff that really teaches us. And if we don't endure some of these challenges in life, I wonder if uh, we're, you know, we're experiencing the opportunity for growth, if that makes sense.
1: It makes perfect sense to me. In fact, I, can, I pretty much have a worldview that, that that's kind of what this whole game is about. Uh, we are divine energy taking on physical form, and it's like a game of hide-and-seek. Can we find ourselves again? We feel that yeah. divine spark inside, whatever we call it. I mean, I don't think you have to necessarily believe in God. Most of my, <laughs> most of my kids are um, either atheists or agnostics. Agnostics, but they have these these values. They have the the same. To me, they're on the same spiritual journey. I am is they're living their highest and best values. They're kind human beings. They see their connection to others, and um, I don't think they need to believe in anything to fulfill themselves and come back to their divine potential. They don't have to call it the same thing I call it. You know what I mean?
2: right
0: yeah yeah absolutely and I mean it goes back to the thing where
1: (laughs) you know you can
0: be an agnostic or an atheist and still be a good person you know religion or
2: Mm -hmm. spirituality
0: isn't really necessary Uh, it's it's really you know about your your you know your personal morality and uh, and 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 really it's almost as if um, I'm surprised I'm kind of going there but you're you know you're churning up the brain cells here um, you know, it's only, uh, we, we said earlier that we're all energy, right? And, you know, and the right. earth is all energy. Everything we know that exists is all energy, even the rock that, you know, seems yes. to have no energy, right? And so in, right. A, in a sense, in a sense, I think, if there was a, I'm going to use this word very loosely, if there were a religion, I think it You'd almost have to say science is the religion because and because I'm saying that from the perspective of maybe science studies energy, maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. um, because because it doesn't have to have a deity attached, doesn't have to have a spiritual ideology attached. We're just looking at, we're observing things. And we're learning mm-hmm. from observation and trial and error um you know experiments, if you will, you know, which yeah. happen to be our life experiences or the experiments um, and right. um I don't know I, I and i think uh yeah i and something you said before um you know it, it, i mean it it's really all about the energy, and when we think about our thoughts are also things and energy. Um, I mean, that plays mm-hmm. into this too. Um, and I've, I've thought for a while now that if, if um, uh, all of us, you know, I mean, you know, I'm in my 60s now, um, but if mm-hmm. people um, of my generation had grown up knowing thoughts or things and knowing about energy and how we manifest our life, you know, potentially through our thoughts. Um, i I don't know i i I think that would make us much more powerful human beings for good um, and to make our lives uh, a better quality of life if we knew we had that power
1: absolutely yeah i i completely agree uh and i think that uh the general consensus is pretty much heading in that direction i mean i can have conversations with my family members who are not into the same spiritual trips that I am, um, I can talk about all of these things and really um, be in communion with them about it. Uh, And I think that younger generations are going to look at things differently. At least it seems like it's going that way. If we can sustain the planet long enough for them to do it, you know?
0: Yeah yeah absolutely you know i uh unfortunately, I have to take a break uh but when we come back okay. um i, w- I want to talk a little bit more about uh the energy we put into our lives, the energy we're putting into the world um, your thoughts on all of that uh but first sure. um we have a word here from Joe Carson. Come a day, the-
3: Hello, let me say a few things about Joe Carson's film, Dancing with Gaia, an exploration of earth-based spirituality shot at sacred sites around the world. Here is Drusilla Pettibone on Dearmist.com. I was truly touched and even awed by the film. I really appreciate that there is so much substantive information to digest. For example, the info about henges and tracing the horizon line is all new to me and totally fascinating. The film was very beautiful and I was amazed how it was able to capture so many of the descriptions visually and seamlessly connect vintage footage with modern. I especially loved when images were dynamically superimposed on each other, like the lace with the water and the dancing in the flowering meadow. A visual feast and with so many layers. I'm also pleased to have been introduced to Monica Shu and her work. It's so important for pagans to become aware of our heritage, It seems easily lost among so many new books, and the film really brought me home in a new way. Dancing with Gaia is available at dancingwithgaia.com.
0: Okay, Uh, I also want to make sure I remind you uh, about the Divine Feminine app. Um, The Divine Feminine app is free, uh, and it's a great resource that's been around for a number of years. And uh, it helps you learn about events that are in your area, and it also helps you learn about events happening around the world or virtually that you can even take part in. Uh, So I would recommend highly you go to the Divine Feminine app. I was amazed at how widespread uh, goddess events have actually spread um, in the last few years, um, I, I was really gobsmacked, I have to tell you. And you'll get a sense of that if you go to the Divine Feminine app and just look around. I mean, they have everything there from conferences to sacred tours to podcasts like mine. Um, you know, and like I said, events that are happening locally. Uh, you put in your zip code or your city and things uh, that are happening just pop up. Uh, it's free if all you do is look, as uh, my understanding. And if you want to post your own events, I think it's a small monthly fee uh, to get your event listed there. So um, take a look at that. And uh, while I have your attention and I'm talking about things uh, I'd uh, like you to Uh, you know consider I want to remind you about my new book that came out in January uh, Normalizing Abuse Um, because you know what we are normalizing abuse and um, whether we want to look at it or not I feel like it's important that we do Uh, sometimes it's a difficult subject but um, uh, if we want to have a better quality of life um, we really do have to uh, take a look at Um, the many different facets of our life, whether it be our, uh, you know, personal relationships, our workplace, our communities, our religion, academia, uh, the media, uh, so many different areas where uh, we have just sort of um, been part of this manufactured consent, uh, and we just go along with it, saying that, uh, well, this is just the way it is. Well, you know, we have to start naming that uh, dis-ease uh, as abuse and exploitation, or harm and misuse, because until we do, um, I don't think we have much of a chance of uh, of changing things uh, for the better. We have to call it what it is. We have to recognize it, and I uh, I hope uh, normalizing abuse um, helps readers um, look at so many things they might not have been considering abuse, and it really is. Um, I mean, for instance, I was just uh, learning about this, um, they call it blanket training that they do in some of these fundamentalist religions to break the will of children, and they'll put a six-month-old baby on a blanket and tease it to reach for a toy that it likes, and they'll just keep you know, hitting the baby's arm, hitting the baby's arm until, um, you know, they stop reaching for it. And it's the beginning of breaking that child's will. Or maybe it's an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. We used to think those were pretty harmless. Well, now evil people use those to um, hide the bad things that they do, or maybe it's abuse in the workplace. You know, your employer is not uh, providing a safe environment um, or uh, doesn't want you to hire people that are of a certain age or disability, and that's breaking the law. There's so many things that happen in our everyday life that's actually abuse and exploitation that I think we really have to take a moment and stop and look at it. Because until we do, um, we don't plan our escape hatch, you know, our, our escape strategy. Anyway, uh, Normalizing Abuse, uh, learn more about it at my website, net, or go check it out on Amazon. So uh, today uh, I am talking to Janice Bloom about power, energy, and you. Uh, And uh, if you missed the beginning of this uh, interview, please go back and replay it. Uh, You will want to hear uh, how this all started. So, Janice, um, I guess I want to ask you about, um, you know, we're talking about the energy we put out there in the world. And, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I know in witchcraft they say, uh, you know, which you come you know, what you put out there comes back to you threefold. Um and mm-hmm. um I don't know, I, I, I guess uh I, I, I wonder if you believe that. But I also wonder about you know, it it's hard to ignore all the, you know, the political dis-ease that's out there and uh, how afraid people are about losing democracy and, um, you know, afraid of their neighbors, um, all the rest. And mm-hmm. I wonder how you reconcile all of that with the topic that we're talking about today.
1: Well, so I feel that what we are observing in the world today is an expression of that, and um, if you look at different spiritual traditions from around the world, they'll they'll have different cycles that they see us go through. And almost all of them agree that the time we are living through right now is a time of great change, a time of shifting of values, of moving into a new paradigm. And we can really see this happening all around us. Um, you want to make an omelet you got to break some eggs we have to move out of the paradigm that we're living in uh, which is definitely a dominator paradigm it doesn't take much It, it once you've got that language all you have to do is start looking around and you just see examples everywhere you look it's in our families it's in our businesses it's in employment relationships it feeds into this abuse that you've written about in your book it's how it that abuse expresses itself because we think we have to dominate everyone around us and be the king of the hill in order to succeed in life and that's so backwards and it leads to such an unfulfilling life and And then people so there's two sides of this either you're the exploited and you're frustrated and you're angry at your who you see as your oppressors or Or uh, maybe you own a business and then you are trying to make as much profit as you can and pay as little in wages as you possibly can, and that's the business model we work under. That's what you do when you have a business. So um, people are frustrated with trying to exploit each other. It's just not a happy, healthy society. So, uh, you
2: know,
1: I'm just – the personal is political. I look for – evidence of that in my life, and I do the best just to have inclusion and love and compassion and uh, just openness in my life, and it's so, so rewarding, and whenever I get down, whenever my old stuff comes up and my life is hard, I have so many friends I can turn to to lift me up, and life just gets better and better for me.
0: Well, that's, um, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a good uh, example, you know, to, uh, you know, to set for others that uh, in spite of all the turmoil, uh, you can sort of uh, create your own bubble and not be so adversely affected, I think is what I'm hearing you say.
1: Well, that's part of it, and i more of us who are creating these bubbles, and then they start to overlap, and then the people who are not in the bubble can still feel the you know, feel the waves from it, feel the ripples from it, and um, and little by little things start to change. But it can't be so much little by little anymore, and I see it changing very rapidly, and I'm feeding that change, and I'm not afraid to speak up, I'm not afraid to counter oppression or um, bigotry or institutional racism or or have conversations about any of it, none of that scares me. Uh, I'm willing to take it on head on and just speak to what's so, what we're experiencing as a culture, what individuals are experiencing in our culture, what shows up as oppression, what shows up as opportunity, what kinds of values do we share at our core that make us human. And how can we build a culture on that and meet each other's needs? And I think we're heading in that direction. And, you know, we've either got to get there or we're going to lose the whole thing is what it looks like to me. Yeah,
0: it it really does feel like all or nothing. And, um, you know, it feels like the other side is not even trying to uh, put on uh, – you know there's not even a facade anymore it's just uh no, such really open isn't. yeah it's just a, such open uh domination um and well, uh you know win at any cost
1: i, I think i've heard of uh rep- polls reported that say uh what their what the constituents on that side want is to own the other side so that's yeah. clearly just expressing we just want to dominate <laughs> Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and, you know, and and um, God, I I know this is going to sound judgmental, but I don't mean it in a judgmental way. I mean it as an observation, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, where I think the news media fails um, is, um, you know, there's the religion is so much a part of this. Um, you know, whether mm-hmm. we're talking about pa- patriarchal religion is hand in glove with capitalism. Also, mm-hmm. um, you know, the idea that, I mean, so many of these fundamentalist groups are about male domination, uh, you know, yes. the will of anybody else doesn't matter, uh, you know, mm-hmm. their needs, their desires, you know, they're just supposed to be subservient to, you know, to men, Um Mm-hmm. and uh you know it's about you know racism white supremacy again power over as opposed to harmony and creating win-win mm-hmm. situations and um it it just it's i feel like if the news media talked a little bit more about um how religion plays into this Um, I don't know, Mm -hmm. because it feels like, you know, if you look at some of these documentaries and you see how these communities are being groomed and you see how women are brought up to just endure or accept Mm -hmm. anything. um, Starting with playing at six months old, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, I think it's important for the public to know it, and that these groups uh, have as their mission to actually take over the country, take over the world. I mean, I, I, look, oh, Mike Pence view. was one of them. You know, Mike Pence was is a Dominionist, oh, yeah. and he was the vice president. Yes. and I do, and I yeah. don't think the average person knows that these people are. I guess I want to say hiding in plain sight and what their mm-hmm. agenda is um and I think the media does a disservice by you know they'll say oh it's conservative or it's, it's right wing but it's it's fundamentalism it's evangelicals it's it's religion yes. that's driving this <clears throat> and and uh, it, it just feels to me that isn't talked about enough
1: well, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's as well known as it needs to be. I, it's, an, it's a social movement that's affecting people's lives, and they don't know what it is, so they can't address it. And I, I agree with you. Uh, I left evangelical Christianity. That was, my, that was my spiritual home of origin. And I did have a relationship with Jesus. I was saved. I, that was very real for me. But there came a point, I and my my deconstruction happened before before deconstruction was a thing. We didn't deconstruct back in the day. I left in 1971, and back then we didn't deconstruct. We backslid. So I
2: backslid.
1: But the way it happened was we hadn't been. I, I had a baby, and we hadn't been going to church very regularly. And some people came to visit at our home. And I was having a conversation with them, and I said, well, you know, I really still I want a fellowship with you. I still have a, a relationship with Jesus. I still feel the whole thing. Um, you know, I'm just overwhelmed with the baby. And, um, you know, my thinking has begun to change a little bit. I'm, like, really wondering if the story in Genesis is simply um, an, a Hebrew version of a creation myth. And there was silence. He could I heard a pin drop. And the man said to me, Oh Janice, that's so sad to me that a sweet person like yourself is no longer walking with the Lord. <laughs> I didn't choose to no longer walk with the Lord. I just had reached that point in my development where I started wondering that, and to realize that the the religion of my youth was such a thought prison. I couldn't even question whether Genesis was a creation myth. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> It was almost that surgical. It was almost that painless. I just knew that my thinking had evolved beyond that, and I could no longer be imprisoned that way. Well, and And so I understand, and and they want to take over the world. Go ahead, Karen. Yeah,
0: and and when we see the book banning and we see changing mm. curriculums in school, um, this should be yes. real big red flags because it's about so, keep, you know, it's about keep, knowledge is power and it's about keeping knowledge away from people absolutely. so that they can be manipulated.
1: You're getting me all revved up now. You know, my biggest one is the whole thing <clears throat> they're doing to the trans community. It, breaks nope. my hephore. Yeah. it breaks my heart. I have a trans child, and it has been the biggest learning experience of my life, and there are people who are born trans it's a real thing. No psychologist is sitting in there's this movie The, Epo- the Epoch Times, whatever industry that is. I mean, they put out such propaganda. Uh, and they have a movie out of, and there's, there's a clip on YouTube right now, there's an ad, there's a psychologist talking to a child and going, well, don't you think you'd be happier if you were a boy? I mean, they're presenting this whole, whole scenario that the medical community is talking our kids into this and that it's not a real thing. And that is such baloney. And it just, it's attacking the most vulnerable and the most powerless population in our society. I'll bet if you looked at the numbers and the suicides and the level of employment and income and and all measures that you would use, you'd find that the trans community is one of the most oppressed communities, one of the weakest communities in our culture. And they're gentle, compassionate, caring people who have this whole experience of this, you know, transformation is a process of breaking yourself up and reforming yourself. It's like being transgender is, a, is a, an experience that forces you through transformation, right? They're very conscious people. You have to be, to live through being trans. And yet they are under attack like nobody else in our country. It just makes me so angry. Thank you for the opportunity to say this. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> look, I'm I'm with you there, and I will take it a step further and say, uh, I don't know that I've said this publicly before, but I'm really disturbed by uh, women in the goddess community who. Or um, on this bandwagon of erasure of women, um, I wonder if they know that they are, you know, that they are spouting Federalist Society right-wing propaganda. And... And you know, and I, and I know some of them say that well, the left doesn 't give them a platform, so they 've even gone on shows like Tucker Carlson. you know I mean the right mm-hmm. would burn them at the stake, you know, but yet they 're aligning mm-hmm. with them to promote this agenda and I feel like there isn 't er- an erasure of women it, that is like the war on Christmas it's uh, you know it's an idea that's i think been manufactured um i mean we didn't get up mm-hmm. in arms when suddenly um you know postmen were called postal workers you know uh we mm-hmm. didn't get up in arms when the military changed all of their um their documents and their manuals uh to have a uh, um how would you say it, you know, from from uh the language from a, a male perspective to a, gender you know, genderless language. perspective. Gender uh-huh. neutral, thank you. I mean, we weren't mm-hmm. saying, we weren't worried about the erasure of men. Um, I don't know. And, and, and that also calls into play in, in uh, ignoring the um, the precedent for, um, you know, uh, goddess worshipers in India or Kabeli worshipers, you know, castrated mm-hmm. males and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's really sad. And um, uh, I, I, I don't know, to me it's almost an embarrassment to have this erasure of woman thing um, where where uh, you know women in the goddess community are coming out against uh, trans people. I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I that's that's not the goddess way. I mean, goddess loves all her children, and I'm sure there's some mm, things yeah. maybe have to be tweaked so that <clears throat> you know people who were men or not competing against women in sports. You know, that makes sense to me. You know, um, you know although I a, think their yeah, bodies do change hormon- hormonally yeah it's a small mm-hmm. percentage it's 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 a minute
2: yeah.
0: it's a minute number of people uh but yet they're blowing it up out of proportion like it's happening yes. you know ten times a day in every school in every neighborhood you know
1: yes so, and like <clears throat> it's something being pushed on kids by adults and it's absolutely not no
0: in uh, fact, but, kids are begging but I will to- say. But, but but you know they talk well everything is projection right from the other side. Oh yeah. I mean there's. Yeah. They're saying that, you know, the left is grooming uh, kids to be trans while they are grooming kids to not be their authentic selves, like pray away the gay, exactly. you know, or, exactly. you know, gays mm-hmm. are an abomination. You know, they're, anyway,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, that, that's a whole nother show, I guess, Janice. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Well, we've well, so
0: we run so
1: much. I know, I know
0: um and we've 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 kind of you know hit the end of our time um i want to give you wow, an opportunity um I, I know doesn't it um i, I want to give yeah. you an opportunity for kind of a, a you know closing thought or comment uh is there anything that i haven't thought to ask you that you wanted to make a point about our our show topic power energy and you
1: well, yes, I'd like to talk about my my next impulse, like where I'm going now, and I have felt a calling to um, to be of service, to be in a ministry to um, spiritual families, spiritual parents with young children, uh, because just like we were talking about, so much that's out there on the market is biblical based, is like a blanket training, you know, like corporal punishment based. Um, I have a whole other approach to child raising. It doesn't even involve punishment or this you're good or you're bad thing at all. I, just, I raise my kids without calling them good or bad or teaching them those concepts. I just taught them to find their inner strength and live according to their own values and have integrity. And um, there's a different way to raise children without always making them bad, you know, uh, so that's what I'm working on now I'm going to be announcing a workshop I'm going to have a free uh, online workshop and then I'm going to be putting together some kind of a paid event I don't know exactly how that's going to shake out right now but that's what I'm working on now
0: well, that that sounds like a real commendable uh, thing to be doing, um, you know, and uh, so, uh, you know, uh, let me know about it, and uh, we'll make some announcements uh, from the show here for you, okay? Thank
1: you. Yeah, yeah. my challenge is, here's what my challenge is, and I would appreciate any feedback if anybody out there, is, you know, has expertise in early childhood education or anything like that, the parents are so in the thick of just life and daily demands of needing to feed the kids and put them to bed and go to work and earn the food and shop for the food and everything you have to do to be a parent is so demanding and so overwhelming they need really concrete stuff if I come in with some spiritual overarching thing it may be wonderful it may be true and it may be helpful but they're, they're not going to have the listening for it unless it's coupled with really practical down-to-earth stuff that's going to help on a day-to-day basis so I can do yeah. the esoteric part. It's the other stuff I'm looking for input with. So if anybody out there has anything, um, if there's a way, you know, you can. Uh, my, should I give my website? I can give my website address. It's Absolutely. Is my yeah. name? ww. dot Janice I say my name Bloomie.com. <laughs> so just and W Janice is,
0: is not spelled the traditional
1: way, too. You you want to spell it Janice. That's right. That's right. J-A-N-U-S-B-L-U-M-E. Thank you, Karen. Yeah. So if anybody has any input for me about that, I would really appreciate it because I want to give these parents something of value. They deserve it. And, you know, we were talking about creating those bubbles. That's what these people are looking to do in their families, create this bubble of the values that we've been discussing today. And I want to support that process for the kids that are just getting here now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a real valuable tool and uh and, and I think we Thank also you. have to uh try to create circles of support. Um, you know, whether Absolutely. you know, whether we're parents or whether we're um, you know, just individuals. Uh, because uh, sometimes it feels like we're so alone out there. And, uh, you know, patriarchy is the strategy of dividing us. You know, it used to be we Mm -hmm. had tribes that we could depend on, uh, but patriarchy divides us. And uh, if that makes us vulnerable and we really have to get more into the idea of, um, you know, creating circles of support. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything everybody in the circle believes, you know, but, um, you know, just kind of have a general consensus that uh, we need each other, you know um we, we, yeah. we need each other, and um it, it you know life is too hard uh to try to be this um uh, I, I don't know, this individual pulling themselves up from the bootstraps, you know, like uh, Protestantism tells us. Uh, and yeah. I think uh, that's, that stands in the way of us having a stronger social safety net as well. Um, but then, I you agree. know, so many different topics. But, but yeah, we, we definitely need support for parents, uh, for us as individuals, um, you know, and uh, we need stronger communities uh, because uh, I think as people are leaving church, churches uh, because they're so tired Mm -hmm. of the hypocrisy um, that leaves a big gap in their life. And um, yeah. and you know and it's and I think it's smart to probably leave a church or a community that's full of isms, you know, homophobia and all of that. But I think you do have to replace it with something uh, that's not QAnon, <laughs> you know, or uh, not not <laughs> yeah. some crazy crazy stuff. Um, uh, so so yeah, I mean, we have to figure out a way to have stronger communities, and um, and I think. Uh, you know, the Pew Institute says people are leaving churches in droves and there's probably reason for that. But, but we have to replace mm-hmm. um, you know, that missing link. Uh so anyway, um that's uh <laughs> know, just th- something that's been nibbling in yeah. the back of my brain. Um so Janice, well, thank then, you no, so much. Perfect. Go yeah. ahead. Thank you, Karen. Um, Well, we'll thank you for being on the show, Janice, and um, keep in touch. And when you have this program together, let me know, and we'll definitely either have you back on to talk about it or we'll do some commercials for you or something like that.
1: Oh, beautiful. I'm so grateful. I appreciate that so much. Thank you for letting me say my piece today. I've got a lot to say, and I'm looking for opportunities to say it. (laughs)
0: I hear you. I I definitely know what you mean. Well, thank you so much. Um, You know, wish you well with what you're doing in the world. Hope uh, maybe the show gives your book a little bit of a boost and you sell some copies. Thank you. And uh, it was really nice uh, talking to you today. Thank you for being on the show.
1: Thank you, Karen. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Okay, uh, well that about does it for me uh, for today. Uh, Let me see if I can quickly put my
2: hands
0: on uh, what next week's show is going to be and I think I can uh, yeah, Laura Lee is going to be with me, she is from the uh, Kuyamunga Institute, we're going to be talking about using ancient ritual body postures for spirit journeying, you know for shamanic use and then uh, the following week Beth Bartlett is with me um, she's a women's studies uh, person and uh, we're going to be talking about um, how we've lost the sense of the common good and uh, a lot of it has to do with literally losing common ground it's a really interesting um, concept there mm-hmm. and then um, the final show of the month is going to be about restoring the sacred feminine in plant medicine with marguerite Rigoglioso. Um, so those are the shows coming up i hope you will subscribe to the show on uh, blog talk Uh, If you do subscribe, you will get a notice in your inbox uh, once a week that tells you what the show is, and it gives you a convenient little button to click that will take you right, uh, right to the show, and you can listen to it at your convenience. So um, I am going to close the show today with um, stating the four reasons uh, Carol Chris said women need goddess. The first is uh, to affirm and legitimize the beneficence of female power. The second, to affirm the female body and its life cycles. The third is the affirmation of woman's will. And the fourth is the affirmation of women's bonds with one another and their positive female heritage. So there's that, (laughs) and that's really important because um, if we don't have that, It uh, adversely affects uh, so many different um, institutions and structures within society and culture and families. All right, uh, that does it for me for today. I will see you next Wednesday at 11 o'clock, and I'm going to close with an homage to Sekhmet, uh, the lion-headed Egyptian goddess, because she is about strength, courage, saying no without guilt, and teaching women to have healthy boundaries. Okay, sec that, take it away.